0: Be or not to me. Faithless is he that says farewell, the road doctor. Do what is
1: meaningful and not what is expedient. No. That is the question. Pros before
0: bros. Welcome back to the pros before bros podcast. I am your one of your hosts, Kenny Chesser. With me as always, my good friend, partner in crime, James Crocker. What's good, James?
1: Well, um, had a little family game night earlier tonight, playing a couple different board games. And let Ooh. me say, you know. You know, I'm not one, you know, I hate to brag, don't like to draw attention to myself, but I was two for two. Two
0: for two? Two for two. And what, So let me ask, you doing board games, card games? What you got? Um,
1: We played a game of of Catan. Oh, yeah. Settlers? uh, Settlers of Catan, yes. And then we also played a game of Scrabble.
0: Okay. Okay,
1: and I was two for two, so they wanted somebody else needed to win, so I had to slip out and come record a podcast.
0: I used to be a monster in in Words with Friends. Is is there any difference at all that you ever noticed between Scrabble uh, and Words with Friends? Is there any type of? Um, it, it, I felt it's like basically, it basically the same. it's
1: basically the same game. Uh, Words with Friends is just a a one on one, and you know, where with Scrabble you can play up to four players, and we had three playing tonight. So. Okay, yeah, so uh, I, it, I guess it, that's what no, I wasn't
0: thinking about that. I saw I heard a comedian do a bit on Scrabble uh, recently. I'm trying to remember, um. Who who it was? It was like, um oh, was, I know who it was. It was Norm Macdonald. I I fall down though, Norm Macdonald uh a, r- a wormhole a lot on, on YouTube or, and they, he was telling a story, I think it was on David Letterman show where he was at a bed and breakfast and he was playing with the old guy there and the old guy wasn't playing by the rules. <laughs> and like, he was just going to like going up to the triple word, triple letters. And he's yeah. like, you gotta be connected. You know, it was, yeah, uh, um, it was really funny. W-
1: you know, one difference between with Scrabble and words with friends is, you know, with words with friends, you're not sitting right there in front of the person. Obviously you're playing over a device. Right. And so you can kind of just throw stuff on the board and see what sticks, right, so to speak, right. you know, you know, if it plays like, oh, I didn't realize that was a word, but it played. Right. But, you know, in, in Scrabble, you know, you got to play it and they can challenge you. Right. If, if they think it's not a word, you know, you break out the dictionary, you look it up. And um, I know
0: you well enough to know that you would challenge <laughs> your teenage daughter if it meant winning the game. Let me ask any challenges. The funny tonight? thing, there was
1: there was one challenge and it did not come from me. Oh, uh but it was my wife that was challenged uh yeah. the game was winding down you know you're running out of letters and you, you got to right. try to get them on the board and i don't remember the exact word but but brooklyn challenger she said i'm challenging that that's funny. that's not a word did so you win we looked it up and it was a word Ooh. uh and actually the word was joe j-ho and, and is I, you know coffee is it slang uh, or? no it, it well it it uh it is a slang word but it was in the dictionary and uh I don't remember the, the definition, but I looked it up, it was in the dictionary, and I didn't think it was going to be, but I wasn't going right. to challenge because, you know, I was far enough ahead that it, <laughs> it didn't matter anyway. <laughs>
0: Why risk losing the points or whatever you lose? Okay, that's cool. That's cool. All right. Well, we've uh, we've had a, a week that we weren't able to post. We apologize for that. Uh, it's all my fault. I've um, I've taken a, some on some new work. It's got me traveling a little bit, so I'm not at home as much as I used to be uh, in the area, and so we're going to try to um, get one recorded tonight, and we might go ahead and record another one looking out for next week. We're winding down the year, and so we've got an exciting episode planned where we're going to review some of the best books of 2021 from the Prose Bros, and it should be a really exciting episode. But tonight, we are going to be talking about a few books that we've read recently, and so I'm going to turn it over to you, James. What book do you have? And uh, tell us a little bit about it.
1: All right. Now, this is a book that uh, I finished this last week, and uh, it's a little different from other books that I've read. Now, I do enjoy reading a lot of books in the in the science genre, and, and that's where I would put this one. But the name of the book is Extraterrestrial, The First Sign of Intelligent Life Beyond Earth by Avi Loeb. Oh, man.
0: Already interesting,
1: just the title. <laughs> now, of course, you're thinking that sounds more like science fiction. Right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But, exactly. but uh, <clears throat> so a little bit of background here. So what this book is, first of all, the author is not your typical aliens are real kook type person. He right. is actually, he is one of the top astronomers. Uh, he's a professor at Harvard. Oh, wow. I mean, so, you know, th- we're not talking about some crazy, some uh, tinfoil hat, hat guy here, right. but <clears throat> so what he's talking about back in 2017, I don't know if you're familiar with this or not. And I sent you an email if you want to pull that picture up back in two, because that's, that's kind of what this book is about and just having that visual there. And and, and if the listeners want to look it up, uh, we'll link it in the description or they can they can Google it and look it up. But in, I'm looking in, at it right in, now. in 2017, an interstellar object entered our solar system, which was an object that, that did not originate from in our solar system. It passed through the solar system and went on out. Well, some of our telescopes actually caught a glimpse of it and they were able to, I think there was about an 11-day period where they were able to track it and kind of get some data and, and look at it. And it was like nothing they'd ever seen before. Hmm. Now, and obviously it was still a, a vast distance away. So it's not like we're, you know, getting high resolution photos. But but if you look at the picture, it looks kind of just one way that the that it was described was kind of a cigar shaped right object. And if you look at it, it looks kind of like a, you know, a long, thin object. There's multiple of them on my shot. here. And what, and, is- and what, what I think that is, is that's just kind of a it's the i don't know if that's a glare or if it's a time lapse i got you or or what it is but it was just one one object there and and so the thing about this is is they weren't sure what it was and so because it had some unusual characteristics you know most objects in space due to the forces of gravity and and immense speeds and all those things they they tend to to form certain shapes.
0: Right. You know they This caption here is saying uh, that it's the this the thing in the center might be it and the the long, elongated is could be the stars uh, or it says background stars appear streaked because the telescope is tracking the rapidly moving object. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I, I think I see what I'm looking at now. This yeah. is a very interesting image. We're going to link it to in the show description. Yeah, yeah, okay. we
1: will. So so in what they the the name of this object they call it Oumuamua. Which is because that's the name of the location in Hawaii where the telescope was that was doing the tracking of this object.
0: What are you laughing at? You think of the same
1: thing I'm thinking of? What are you thinking of? I'm thinking
0: of that scene of Armageddon where he he wants to name that meteor after his wife. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, oh. You know, and they're like, and he's like, because it's a vicious, (laughs) so and so so and so from which there's no escape or something like that. Okay, Uh, Oumuamua.
1: So, so so that's what he calls it. So, all through the book, he's referring to it as Oumuamua, but uh, it's it's got another more sciencey name with numbers and letters. You know how they track these things. But what was different about it was obviously its shape was different, and Mm -hmm. then it's it was tumbling end over in an end over end motion and also it had non-gravitational acceleration that was observed for it like so when they did the math and tracked where it should go it deviated from the expected path right as if something was pushing it yeah and he goes into the book he
0: <clears throat> like so, some type of like it being propelled or some type
1: um, of whether, well one of the theories which i'll go into his theories in just a minute was was it could be a solar push and we'll talk about that in just a second but anyway so the, the predominant view of most scientists is that it's some kind of remnant of a comet that just happens to be different than what we've seen before, and, and they just won't explain away that. But, but the author of the book, and, and he quotes, uh, I think this was something from one of the Sherlock Holmes books, that said, when, when you're trying to solve a mystery, you deduce everything or you eliminate everything that it can't be Eliminate everything that eliminate everything that's impossible right and, then and what's, what's left, left no matter how improbable, improbable must be the truth right and so what he's saying is you can you know you can say this is a comet you can say it's a natural object but you have to do some pretty heavy mental gymnastics to make all of the attributes of this fit that right you know and it goes down and he also mentions oakham's razor which is you know the actually the simpler explanation is that this is, is extra, what it appears to is, be. is, right. is ex- an extraterrestrial form of technology of some sort that we we don't know what it is we we didn't get a close enough look and and he he puts out some theories as to what it'd be he actually thinks <clears throat> that the math on it is that it's not a long thin object but it's actually a disc shaped object which which you're in the where the Aspect where we're looking at it is we're looking at the side, right? kind of if you had a Frisbee and it, instead of looking at the top of the Frisbee, you look at the side of the Frisbee and, you know, it would look like a long, thin object. Okay. <clears throat> and so what he's actually thinking, you know, just kind of proposing an idea, a hypothesis is that it could be a solar sail. So, you know, where the sun, the rays, the energy from the sun would cause it to push, and that he says that explains the acceleration. So anyway, so he goes into a big philosophical discussion in the book about, you know, alien technology, and if, if, you know, life happened on Earth, and as many other stars as there are, as many other planets as there are, that the probability is, you know, is actually more likely that, you know, it could happen somewhere else. And, and you know, right. there's a lot of philosophical discussions that go into this. Um and so I just, you know, I thought it was an interesting book, made me think about some things. But I wanted to talk about this on the podcast because I want to know what Kenny Chester thinks about all this.
0: I'm going to tell you, um, we, we would have had a different conversation um, maybe five years ago, or I'm trying to think of exactly when it started changing for me when it comes to um, alien stuff. I I want to say it was probably about f- maybe three or four years ago. I think it was around 2017, 2018, where I felt like we started getting some credible um, evidence of let me just say technology that was extraterrestrial not from this earth or anything on this earth that has been uh, produced or that we uh, as an american uh people are are aware of it had to be super and and i say that it was there was a, there was a two events that happened and I remember I started talking to church guys about it, and people were really like looking at me like, "Oh, right, Chester, you know." I'm like, because they're like, you know, what about the Bible? And I'm like, hey, I don't, you know, I don't see any clash with, with biblical, you know, theology here. There's because the Bible is silent on something doesn't mean it's not possible. You know, I tell people it's like the. When you you start talking, you know, in terms of of the Bible, there's a lot of things the Bible doesn't discuss that we know absolutely exist, you know, because the Bible is not, it's not, the Bible's not a, uh, it contains science, it's not a science book, it contains history, it's not a history book. And so when, you know, people think that, you know, it's somehow um, going to shatter the foundations of Christianity if you allow for uh, the probability or, or even the possibility that there's uh other life forms out there so i'm not i'm not there i feel like there could be and there's some of the, some of the footage that i've seen and one one i haven't seen this when you talked about this book to me just a few days ago i i was unaware of this phenomenon this um this thing that entered the um was it the solar system you yeah, said it passed through our the ga- solar system yeah or was it our solar system or our our, no, our the, galaxy or what did no, you say this
1: this actually passed in in our solar system, okay. like it went inside the couple the, planets or the orbits of some of the planets. Okay, all right. Well, and, uh, and it actually you know went around the sun, looped through, and, and okay. passed on through. I got
0: you. Well, what I have seen, I didn't see this. What I had seen, and it came from another podcast. Um, there was there was two individuals that caught my attention when they were talking about aliens. One of this guy's name, um, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast, and he was your Ten full hat seeming type conspiracy theorist. Mm-hmm. They did a Netflix documentary on him as well. I don't know if it was before or after this. Maybe it was during, maybe they were hyping up the documentary when uh, he was on Rogan. I can't remember. Um, his name was Bob Lazar. Did you ever see anything about him? Um,
1: the name sounds for me. It
0: was wild. I would say the episode on Joe Rogan was, in my opinion, better than the actual documentary because. Documentaries sometimes can feel like propaganda, and when if you if you do an inter- if you conduct an interview correctly, you can you can get the skepticism introduced. And Rogan does a pretty good job of that. I thought Lazar on that like he was either he was either completely convinced that what he saw like was was absolutely alien technology, or he was the world's best liar and i mean that hand i mean i'm telling you this guy and the the crazy is like the crazy thing is like what the government has done to him since and his story is that he worked at area 51 but he's not i'm telling you he's not he's he he might have, he maybe he went crazy but what's cra- what's what's interesting about his story is he started off brilliant like, he was a rocket scientist, literally working on rockets and was pushing the edges of technology. They recruited him. And he says it's called Air 51 but he goes into the buildings that he worked in, and the technology that he saw was unreal. And he described it. He described how what they could—they were—what they were, they, were, they, what they did, they had things that they were trying to—what um, do you call it when you work and you, you try to undo it? Like, it's backward. Uh, reverse like, engineering. Reverse engineering. They were trying to reverse engineer some of this tech, and they couldn't do it. Uh, there were things called en- envelopes where you could— um, I, I, I want to get into all of that. So anyway, so that got me uh, thinking about it. But Lazar, he, he kind of come off a little bit like a kook. The, the, the one that pushed me out the door on this issue was a, an Air Force uh, commander. His name was uh, David something, David Favar, Favar or Frover or something. This guy, like straight up. American military was out him and a couple other pilots he was leading them and he was they were doing some war games off the coast of California and not only did they all see it they've got video of it of some like this ain't just in the solar system bro this is over the Pacific Ocean and they saw this thing do make moves that, that, that i think i saw
1: the video wasn't there a video of there's that? a video of yeah, it bro I I and mean, it's not
0: like it's not just like on the back pages of the internet bro new york times did a story on it i think the post did a story on it There was other guys that that and then like this past year i mean like they released some files like from the the pentagon where it was like yeah we 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 have if you if you think ufo only means alien then you probably are further away from this than, than i am as far as believing but if, if UFO it's, they've changed it now they'd call it something else But and when I was growing up it was called UFO unidentified flying object right. then absolutely this thing was unidentified they did not know and, and and the thing is like, it's terrifying I would rather it be aliens because if another country possessed that technology that's that far ahead of us bro we've got no chance in a war with whoever possessed that because it was doing things like banking and moving at speeds and straight up disappearing and reappearing bro it was insane but there's been a couple videos like that since i was i was uh when you were talking about aliens and i was gonna pull up something i was gonna try to pull up that guy's name and there was like another there's like another fighter pilot that saw one like more recently so i remember growing up there were some pretty grainy videos like we think this but this guy like he's he wasn't dishonorably discharged i mean he's he's like (laughs) renowned in the air force and he saw it and he swears
1: like he's you know affidavit type stuff now i will say that this book does not go there Mm -hmm. you know that that's not where he goes um, where he's more going is that he what he his hypothesis for this object was that it is more than likely defunct technology or right. abandoned technology or you know kind of how we there's you know we send out these these probes like you know just last week we we had us uh, we will had one enter the like the, the sun, the, sun. Yeah. the corona of the sun yeah right. the parker solar probe um you know so we send these out we've got i think it's five or six that we have sent outside of our solar system that are just still out there right. going there, they're, they're out to the point where we can't communicate with them anymore, but they're still there. Right. And they're still going. And, and so his, his idea is that, you know, this may be something that was released from some alien uh civilization thousands of years ago. Right. Or why not millions? Yes, of billions? Yeah, yes. exactly, and, and that, it that, just is there. And, and then, so and what then would explain the erratic
0: it. movements was, what well, were you talking what, about earlier well, about the solar?
1: Right, he, he, he hypothesized or theorized that it was a solar sail, which we have the technology to make uh, solar sails, when I think and, of solar
0: sales, uh, solar cells, I still think I, I, it's all back to the Armageddon. You remember when those guys they were looking for ideas before they you know got the rigging crew and they had those like those foils are like solar winds will push and they're like oh my you know Billy Bob Thornton's yeah. like get out of here with that's craziness. <laughs> so, right, so solar. But, but
1: the thing is, for for that to work, it would have you would have to have such a small amount of mass for such a large amount of surface area. Right. In order to get any kind of acceleration off of it to overcome the gravity that that the you know because the more mass you have the more gravity is going to pull you towards the sun, uh you know so <clears throat> there's a lot of science if so getting to the the you know worth the read is this book worth reading yeah uh I I did not know what to expect going into it uh, I it just happened to be available when I was looking I didn't have I had several books on hold that weren't available I was just looking for some a nonfiction book that was available, this one was, wasn't too long, you know, it was about seven, eight hours. And I thought, you know, I can, I can knock that out, uh, pretty quick. Maybe it'll be interesting. And and it was, it it caught my attention. I I was very into it. Uh, if you like science and you like things that are, like I said, uh, a couple episodes ago, which I'm into this challenging my thinking, if you like something that's going to challenge your thinking, um, then I think it is worth the read. Okay. Um,
0: <clears throat> I like it because it's not just, it's it's not saying, hey, we've got visitors, you know, and this is, it's like, it, there's some other, there's some other explanations for that kind of stuff that I had not considered. And, and I like, and I'm sure the guy, if he's got the background that you're saying he's got, he's got, you know, he's talking from a, a position of, of of authority, you know, he knows what he's talking about. Right. He's not just, it's not conjecture. When it, it, comes, it, when it comes to the science. At right. Least. And
1: he's not talking about little green men and, and UFOs right. and those types of things. He's just talking about you can't eliminate the possibility right, uh, that it's there. And, and what he says is that, you know, as a scientist, he has to follow the evidence. Right. You know, he has to go where the evidence takes him and he can't rule something out just because it seems ridiculous. Right. You know, if the evidence doesn't eliminate it, then it's a possibility.
0: Right. Uh, while we're here on aliens, and this is something like I said, the last couple of years, and I, I don't, I don't follow like you know, I'm not a newsletter subscriber any type of aliens, or whatever. But it seemed like when like I was reading those um, articles about that. Uh, U.S. Um, Air Force commander, and then the, the Lazar stuff uh, was pretty wild. Um, a buddy of mine um, got me to, and I I didn't I don't have TV like far the satellite or anything like that or cable, and I'd have access to it. But when I would go down and hunt in Mississippi, he would record episodes, and he'd want me to uh, show an episode. Have you ever seen anything about the Skinwalker Ranch? no there is a it sounds sounds terrifying already <laughs> but there's there's a there's a there's a place i want to say it's in nevada or something like that where they observe some crazy um unexplained phenomenon and uh, it centers around some have have guessed that it has something to do with the magnetization in that area or i don't know but like they brought out crews and like it was enough to convince me that something's going on there not that it's like it, it's not like a paranormal thing it's not like you know a ghost or anything like that it's straight. like there's something weird like they were even doing like tests with like weather balloons and, and stuff and it was it was wild. Um, even now there were some like it sounds like it'd be a good horror movie or whatever because there were some like animals that got um, in the past that had been like surgically uh, taken apart. Um and it's it's it was a wild uh thing but it was like it was during that time as well. It just got me thinking about. It, I wonder if you had had heard or I, seen anything no, about it. I haven't
1: heard anything about that.
0: Skinwalker Ranch. All right, all right. Doesn't sound so, like a place I want to go for yeah, vacation. Exactly, exactly. So the worth the read. Is, you're 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 a yes on that. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it is worth the read. Okay, I, I I'm convinced. I think I'll I'll check that out. I like that kind of stuff as well. And, and
1: it's it's not a real long book, and so you know, you it's not a huge time commitment. You know, right for for, for the length, you know. I say it's worth three.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Well, so what was the name of it again?
1: It is Extraterrestrial, the first sign of intelligent life beyond Earth.
0: First sign of intelligent life beyond Earth. Okay, so we'll have the link obviously in the description here, and uh, I had James go first because I wanted him to to take up the the bulk of the talk. To, uh to, we've got just a little under ten minutes left. I don't even know if I want to get ten minutes out of this. This is a book that I completed this week, and so I'm going to talk a little bit about it. And uh, you can do some probing if you'd like. A uh, nice segue here from the alien talk. <laughs> you can, you can do some verbal probing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and see if we can figure out what's going on here. Uh, I, I I again with my with my uh, new work that I've taken on. I have a lot of time where I'm spent like I'm working with a crew, but I'm doing like tasks that doesn't involve me interacting with anybody. So my reading has really like jumped up the last couple months doing this. And um, I was on a really healthy pace already, but I've, I've 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 taken some big swings. I was like, okay, it's the end of the year. I'd ran out of some a lot of the books I had queued up, and so I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna take some some big fiction and and like and do some classics, cause why not?" And so, I, after reading a great book, which I'm sure I'm going to be talking about next week on the best of uh, 2021 books, I had heard someone say that this book that I thought was maybe the best fiction ever, somebody said that would be the best fiction ever if it wasn't for this book. And this book is called Ulysses by James Joyce. And so just that right there, because how much I love this other book, I was like, even if I personally do not like it as much as the book that I'm that I that I'm a fan of right now, if somebody would put it in the same league, I was thinking that, okay, well, it's worth my it's worth my time just to give it give it a shot and, and check it out. And so I read this past week in, in in maybe like a two or three day setting. I had a couple trips back and forth to Starkville, Mississippi, and then I was up on a roof uh, pressure washing a lot by myself, had my earbuds in. And I read James Joyce Ulysses, um, so I'm going to start right there. Do you have any questions? I'll, do you want to know a little bit more about I, it first? I, or?
1: I don't know anything about this, but one question I would ask, and you may not want to bust them out, but but do you do you want to say whose recommendation this was? It was an
0: internet commentator. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it you, was. I don't know the person at okay. all. I was I was trying to uh, seek out some information about. I think it might have been like a best novels. It might even have been a good reader thing where um, like a list of things, uh, books you should read. And this other book, which like I said, I'm going to talk about it. It's a brother, the Brothers Karamazov. You know, I've talked about it before. Right, I love right. it. And they were like, I think Brothers Karamazov would be... So, uh, So
1: you had no... I have basis never. to go on of who this guy was, or so you didn't know if this was a legit recommendation or not.
0: No, uh, well, I, I I knew enough to know that I, I read a, a description of this. And I was like, well, what if what is even as S. You know, in my mind I thinking like, is that like Ulysses S Grant. Like, is it like you know something like that love biography. Yeah, I, I love <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I read a I read Grant last year by Ron Chernow, and that it was great. And I was like, sure, but I'm like, this is fiction. So what's going? What gives? And so apparently this was the this was a turning point for uh, fiction. It's like. It brought fiction into the modern era. And so from what I gathered before going into it, this book was about um, three main characters, but one of them, his name is uh, Leopold Bloom. And it's basically one day that passes th- through that, this book. And each chapter is written um, kind of an ode to uh, the Odyssey um, by Homer, okay. and so they have concepts there that that reflect each of those characters as far as um, all the things that that you would expect from that. I don't know if uh, if you're familiar with. I know you know the movie Oh Brother Where Art Thou, right? And that has the same type of um, ambition to represent the Odyssey, you know, in those uh, those different chapters. So,
1: so do you have to have read the Odyssey to really get what you should get out of this book? No.
0: Absolutely not. It has nothing, honestly, in my opinion, nothing to do with it because he's not, it's not an adventure at all. Um, One of the things that they say was groundbreaking was his use of inner monologue and stream of consciousness um the last chapter of the book i found out later because i was trying to i'm like this you know after after i've made my decision about the book or whatever i was like what in the world are people thinking about this book and it was i think it was wrote i think that i read somewhere that it was wrote in serial form at first so it's published as uh different you know um volumes or different uh Published in different essays or papers, and and, and 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 so it's compiled later on. But one of the last ones, they said, I don't think he used punctuation at all in the last chapter. It was just, it was st- stream of consciousness. It was just, and a lot of people say it's one of the most hard and challenging books to read. And now that that hurt, that like that was, in my opinion, attack on my pride. It's like, well, I'm gonna read it. You know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's, you know, people give up on this book, and it's a great work of fiction. I need to know. And so um, that's that's where I'm at. So you want me to get the worth the read or
1: Sure, go go ahead.
0: All right. If you ask Kenny Chester if you should read this book, I will say 100% emphatically do not read this book. It is filthy. <laughs> it is so filthy. I could not believe <laughs> that it was written in the 20s. <laughs> it's like I didn't know they had words for this. Go ahead. So I
1: so I looked I looked this book up. When, when you did the title I just did a quick Google search yeah. and here's what it said since its publication this book has attracted controversy and scrutiny ranging from an obscenity trial right they the banned ni- it in America <laughs> in 1921 I know. I knew <laughs>
0: Well, see, I didn't know this to after because I didn't realize what was going on. Like when I started reading the book, I was like, okay, this is interesting. It started out like some great literary works um, that I'd read before. One of the things about like Joyce that I've noticed is the dude is genius level in his knowledge of world history, philosophy. One of the things that pulled me in early was literally his reciting of like condemned heresies in the church, specifically um, uh, like monotheism versus, um, tritheism. And I was like, this is like early on in the book. And it's like these people having these conversations and that stuff really pulls me in. I'm like, okay, this is, this ain't just some like, you know, conversational fodder. These are some heavy hitting, like theological philosophical concept. And I love it. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Okay. I can see it already. And then it goes from, it's, it's hard. It's hard to explain like the, the, there's not in my opinion there's not one central driving theme that you're looking for in this book like when i'm looking at a fiction when i'm reading a fiction there's i don't mind it being large and sprawling in 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 what it's trying to say and do but Even in those, there's stories that are pushing the ball forward. This here, I, I did not. I felt like it was it was discombobulated, and there's different characters and different points of view. Now, listen, the dude is hilarious. Like. There's there was some there was some difficulty in getting some of the 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 syntax and the idioms because I know he's Irish I know it's like I'm not picking up on some of the funny the little th- but the ones that I picked up on the dude is he's really really funny he's brilliant you could tell he's well read he's reciting in within his plays he's reciting. Shakespeare he's reciting uh, Socrates and Plato and he does them justice so I mean the dude like I said it's it is loaded to the gills with human history with philosophical history with religious history but it was absolutely in the parts where it was like it was like somebody with a brilliant mind that that and it would it would jump from this like great lofty concept to just some filth. And when I say that, I, it's not like smut. It's I've never read a romance novel in my life. I have no desire to Come read it. No. <laughs> yeah, you know, I have never picked up the, the paperbacks. You know, it's got the Fabio <laughs> chest open, flowing blonde hair. Just, just
1: didn't appeal to you.
0: I'm, right. I'm telling you what, you know, it's, that's you know that's just when you live in a body like mine. <laughs> it'd be like autobiographical. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking obviously. Um but but the, the you know, I've never that's never appealed to me. So it's not but but I know like from jokes and popular culture, I know what those books, you know, are are trying to get at. I get that. It's it's you know, emotional porn from what I understand right. for like and women love it or certain women love that stuff. It's not just smut. It was the way it was like a it's like maybe and I know like Shakespeare he has uh, references to things, and I get that all literary works do that. My Lord, I've read the Song of Solomon in, in the scripture. You know, it'll make you blush. <laughs> you know, there are some things you know that that's a part of the human experience that you know is is. Um, it's it's you can you know obviously you can read about it in private you don't want to be speaking on it in public or whatever you know depending on you know what you're talking about or the setting that you're at you know, obviously we're not going to be taking a text from some parts of the book of the, you know the <laughs> song of solomon you know in the bible you know maybe in a marriage class or something like that but so you, you know that you know that it's part of the human experience so i can read that i'm mature enough to read that but bro i'm telling you think of a genius level intellect and somebody who has got, we're talking about pros, pros before bros. He's got the pros. He knows how to write it. And, bro, there was a like I'd be listening. I'm like, yeah, I'm following along. I'm like, okay. And, bro, he would, it's like, oh. And, like, I'm looking around like, this is kind of, you know. And I probably, <laughs> this is where my pride kicked in. I probably should have turned it off. But I'm like, I'm like. However many hours, twenty something hours, like because it didn't get really, really like that until like the last chapter. But I was so close to finishing that book. I'm it's like, got to go in the count. It's going in the count. I'm <laughs> getting credit for reading the hardest to read fiction <laughs> and the filthiest. <laughs> and, and, I'm, and mom, I'm so sorry. I know you're gonna be listening to this. <laughs> it, it wasn't a romance novel, but man, it, I was not. I wasn't ready. Had to go wash your ears out. <laughs> Exactly. I lit an ear candle. <laughs> just <laughs> let it burn off the impurity. So so the worth the read I would say if you could read it in serial form and just pick out some selections of it. It was really well written. I don't I did not like the writing style as far as like I did not like the we're going to jump from here and we're going to jump from here. It's like three characters. They, they they have some overlap. Uh, one of the characters is uh, Mr. Bloom's wife, Molly Bloom. Um, she's the one at the end that was stream of consciousness and kind of like her. But another thing is, uh, I read afterward, they were like saying, this kind of brought like... The feminist like notion to like an empowerment of a woman, and I, I get all of that. I get that, and I know, I'm sure people think these thoughts. But I'm telling you, you think of your deepest, darkest thoughts—the ones that you would never utter—and uh, Mr. Joyce is uttering them.
1: <laughs> he's, he's putting them on page. So, <clears throat> contrary to this uh, random anonymous internet guy, you would not rank this higher than brothers
0: absolutely not i'm sure <laughs> listen here's the thing i'm sure that some people would and for and for the reasons that i've kind of i've, I've scratched on the surface tonight because it will it is i mean it pulls from so many like historical events it pulls from religious texts it pulls from philosophical texts so there was a lot of that that was it was well done and as far as like as and, and, and from something from the comedic standpoint I love funny. I love jokes. And old boy was funny. I mean, like it was some, there were some hilarious, even the characters that he built, it wasn't just like, you know, setting himself up for great punchlines. There was some truly funny situational comedy type stuff that was happening in the book. And so, but I would not recommend any of our readers read it. I don't know. I'm just telling you, I, I I do not read this book. (laughs) (laughs)
1: the sales are going to
0: spike after today so the
1: main reason for bringing this up on the podcast is as a word of warning to our listeners right
0: right 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 well we talk about books that we 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 do not recommend so i'm not recommending and not just because of that but i honestly i did not enjoy the part i did enjoy parts of the book like i said he was funny and there was was very interesting subject matter but as a book as, as on the whole i did not enjoy the from beginning to end i didn't like the story so I think we're at 34 minutes. All Is right,
1: that- let's, let's, let's put a bow on this one, wrap it up. Okay,
0: let's wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys for listening this week to the Pros Before Bros podcast. Um, if you don't mind leaving us a review, a five-star review, or leaving us, uh, we've got some comments that are coming in. Uh, we've also got a voicemail link on the uh, show description. We'd love to hear from you, and if you uh, send us one in, we will play it on the show when we respond if there's a question, or we'll just play it and enjoy the great commentary. Thank you for listening, and God bless. <laughs>